Hey, this is Colette and welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. If you struggle with weight, food, body image and never-ending diets, just like I used to, well, then let me help you figure this food thing out. I want to help you transform your life so you can change the way you think, feel and behave around food. And that means you can quit diets. Yep, I said it. I said you can quit diets. Believe me, it is doable. You just have to learn how to work with your unconscious mind and not against it. So join me each week as I break down how you can do this and how to activate your natural ability to eat for your body and quit diets forever. This week's podcast um, called Stress Eating, Why We Do It and How to Stop. And this is probably a very common uh, question I get from a lot of my clients. We're going to talk about the science of stress eating, what actually happens in your body and your brain and why your first reaction is, when you're stressed out is to reach for that high sugar, high fat, like that type of food rather than reaching for, I don't know, a bag of broccoli. Um and let's let's not just look at that. Let's also look at some practical steps that you can take to help you navigate through this like stress without always resorting to comfort food. And I'm going to say there's nothing wrong with eating comfort food, but if it's taking over your life and not helping you in any goals or decisions that you've made, then 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 we need to look at that relationship with what's going on. But understanding the actual chemical reaction in the body at the same time really helps you to figure this out. So whether you've been battling with stress eating for years or you've just started noticing that you're getting into these patterns of like, you know, shoving food in your mouth when you get upset or coming home at the end of the day and you really need food to help you relax. So I want you to tune in and um, understand why it happens and learn what you can do to help yourself make different decisions. So the science of stress eating, right? Um, Have you ever wondered why stress makes you crave an entire chocolate cake, biscuits, or I mean, I can't tell you the times I've gone to the cupboard and and made a cup of tea at night because this is my nighttime ritual and this is where I had a lot of food connections to. I would make a cup of tea at night and I would have my English biscuits, you know, I've been living in America for over 30 years. And I would have my English biscuits that I could find at my, um, like a little grocery store near me. Chocolate hobnobs, <laughs> for anyone out there who knows what they are. And I would take three and I would dip them in my tea. And then sometimes three wouldn't be enough and I, my tea was still hot. I would go back and get more. And I made that connection to dip in tea in uh, to dip in cookies in tea biscuits in tea really something from my childhood something so very very english and it's something that um i don't know it just brought me back to my mum and 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 stuff like that so when i was stressed and i needed to relax at the end of the day that's what i would do and it would be more than just the three cookies it would end up being sometimes the whole pack and then i would feel like pretty crappy afterwards but it was something that i really had a hard time stopping until i started to understand or what about those tough days um, when you finish work and you go straight to the store to buy yourself chips or popcorn or something like that to eat on your way home if you feel that you've got nothing in the cupboards? So these are the times when you're stressed out. 
maybe from work or even like a a difficult conversation you've had on the phone or a deadline you've got to meet or conversation you've got to have with a family member when you get home. There's a million reasons that we could have stress and all of a sudden you're reaching for that bag of chips or that ice cream or cookies or whatever it is. And it's so stressful because afterwards you're going to be so mad at yourself for doing it. But just know you are not alone. This is very, very common. And um, there's actually some interesting science behind it. So are you ready? When we're stressed, our body releases a hormone called cortisol. Think of cortisol as the alarm system for your body. And when you're under stress, cortisol is like the siren that says danger, danger, danger. Now, your body is designed to have these um, alarm signals in place. And a lot of the time, feelings are a first step alarm that we tend to dismiss those feelings. We tend to not address our feelings. We tend to not want to feel them. And and what happens is your body continues releasing and releasing until you just can't ignore it anymore. So your body's designed to set, uh, to, to output cortisol in times of danger, which kind of like helps you with the release of adrenaline, which gives you the strength to either fight that bear or, um, run. Okay, so that's what cortisol does. Now, cortisol does a lot of things, but one of its roles is to help your body, as I said, get into that fight or flight response. And sometimes if you are releasing too much cortisol, I talked about this in another podcast, especially once you hit over 40, that constant release of cortisol from stress helps you gain weight around your mid area of your body, which is around your tummy, which is kind of like sucks, but that's what cortisol does. That's another lovely thing about cortisol. So by releasing the flight or fight response, which is what cortisol does, the response requires energy. And this is where food comes into play because your body needs energy to either fight or or run cortisol is getting a message to your body that you need to replenish its food supply now and back in the day this was super helpful if you were stressed because you were being chased by a saber-toothed tiger or a bear or something like that obviously no dinosaurs I know we weren't around at the same time as dinosaurs you'd need that energy to run away or fight but in today's world our stressors are usually not life-threatening and yet our body has no idea that it's any different that could be the electric bill that could be um, getting a hospital bill or a doctor bill that your insurance company is not covering that could be not having health insurance that could be worrying about your kid at school or a deadline at work that could be anything that could be almost running a red light or almost getting hit when you're driving down the LIE and another car like swerves in front of you all of these things set off that same fight or flight as if you were being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. Your body doesn't know any different. So we end up with these cortisol-induced food cravings, and they're not usually for salads or smoothies, right? How often do you get all stressed out and then start craving a bag of broccoli? No, they're often for high-fat, high-sugar foods because what that's what your body's calling for, which are what we call comfort foods. And this is because these foods release the trick, the chemical in our brain. Like, you know, an example of that is like serotonin that makes us feel happy and more relaxed. And it's your body's way of trying to calm us down. So you can see, right, how we're in this cycle of stress, cortisol being released, cravings for high, high fat, high sugar foods and in order to calm down and relax. But here's the twist. 
these foods may feel make us feel better in the short term, but in the long term, they can lead to weight gain and other health issues, which if you are trying to change things like that in your body, maybe you just recently went to the doctor and you've been told you're at risk for diabetes or something like that, or maybe your blood pressure is too high, or maybe you're getting too much pain around your knees or something. When you are trying to lose a few pounds to make these health issues better, the stress is going to sabotage you every day. So while our body thinks it's helping us out, because that's what it's designed to do, it's actually setting us up for more stress down the line. So it's actually really fascinating how all of this is happening behind the scenes just when you're reaching for a cookie right? And you are not thinking about what's going on in your body because everything goes in your body is like super quick, like a nanosecond. And you're not even um, making that connection. You're just reaching for a cookie and then you feel better when you eat the cookie. But, But once you know what's going on, it can like really help us start to understand our cravings and find healthier ways to deal with stress. Because a lot of the time we fight the, the, the urge to eat. We, we resist the urge to overeat or crave cravings or binge eating or stuff like that. But we never actually kind of take a step back and find a way to deal with our stress a lot of the time because the food is immediate. The stress is kind of in the background, right? Especially when it's chronic stress. Um, but understanding all of this is the first step to conquering, Right? You got me? You with me? (laughs) So let's also talk about the emotional connections to certain food. Um, Well, you know, sometimes when you have that that smell of something and and it just takes you right back to your childhood or you see something on sale. My husband, um, there's these candies he likes. I don't even know what they're called. Something beginning with R. And whenever he goes to this certain gas station that sells them, he buys a pack and um, because it's totally nostalgic for him, it brings him back. It's something he loves to do. I have the same same thing going on when I see things on sale that I used to buy in England. I'm like, ooh, I want that. I want that so badly. So food really plays into your, the emotions behind the food. Um, if you have a specific craving when you're feeling down, a lot of it has to do with your emotional connections to that food or who used to give you that food or what experience is connected to that food. So there's a lot of play here. It's about you have to start connecting the dots for you because what's different for you is different for me. So it's it's like food is not just about nutrition. Uh, it plays a huge role in all of our social, social and emotional lives, like family get-togethers, um, you know, birthdays at work, all of these things, right? Your grandmother fed you the, your favourite cake, with love because when she watched you eat that felt that she was um you know she felt that she was giving you her love so and you felt like you were getting her love so there's a lot of emotions mixed up in food and these emotional connections can have a massive impact on what we eat and how we eat it right you can now you can maybe see where the dots join up on your end or maybe you knew this already. I don't know. It took me a while to figure all this out stuff. So let's start with comfort food. Typically, these foods associated with care, love, 
and security, like security from when you're a kid, feeling safe, right? And it could be your grandma's apple pie or mac and cheese that your mum used to make when you were sick. And when we eat these foods, we're not just filling our stomachs. We are also trying to fill an emotional need. And that's why I said these emotional feelings that we're feeling that we're not actually paying attention to um, we're just looking at them on a surface level of trying to make them feel better and your body and your your unconscious mind has these shortcuts of what's going to make you feel better like throughout your whole programming as a child it knows what's going to make you feel better and it's going to kind of urge you to eat these foods when you're feeling like that when you're feeling in this emotional state you may also maybe these foods um Maybe you didn't have such a happy childhood and food was a comfort to you, um, which you didn't get love from family members. So again, it's like everyone is totally different and it's important to figure out what it is for you. And I know sometimes it can be really painful, but you know what? Once you figure it out, you don't have to keep going back to that pain anymore because it's coming up for a reason. It's trying to get your attention for a reason because you have to feel it to heal it. And I know that really sucks, but you have to feel it to heal it and your body actually wants you to heal this stuff um but you know we get very good at ignoring it and pushing those feelings down so these emotional connections can be like a real double-edged sword on one hand they add joy and meaning to our meals like at the oh this is good i love this it it, it always makes me happy when i eat chicken pot pie but on the other hand it can lead to the overeating the uncontrollable eating or unhealthy eating habits and it becomes patterns and and then once it's become a habit it's a really hard habit to break right so especially if we have used food in the past or we use food now to cope with negative emotions because your conscious mind knows what's going to make you feel better and it's going to make you reach for it every time so let's say for example you're feeling sad and lonely and you might reach for that type of ice cream because it reminds you of happy times with friends right birthday parties maybe something like that and while you're eating it you may feel better for a while but once the ice cream's gone the emotions are still there because you didn't actually feel them. You just kind of put a Band-Aid on them. And if, you, if, you, if you're not careful, or maybe this has already happened, this turns into a cycle or a pattern and then a habit where you just rely on food to handle your feelings because feeling is very uncomfortable and no one wants to feel. We have become a very good society at ignoring feelings. It's like... If you cried too much as a kid, you were told you cried too much and you're too much and just stop it. I mean, there was times I remember hearing, um, I'll give you something to cry about. And so you didn't cry. (laughs) You didn't complain all the time or maybe you did and, and you just got shut down so you didn't feel heard. So it's like there's all of these things about your past and how food gets connected with it, right? So and not dealing with your feelings. So while it's it's okay to certainly eat your favorite comfort foods, it's also really important to develop other ways of dealing with their emotions so that the food is not the go-to, so that it's not always the food, right? It's just the food occasionally. And this could be talking to a friend, going for a walk, practicing mindfulness even even in those moments when you're stress eating, practicing mindfulness about the food you're eating can help you eat less. So the key takeaway here is that food isn't just fuel. Like a lot of time, you see a lot of these memes I see over Facebook and Instagram that says food is fuel. Well, you know what? Food is so much more than fuel. And let's be honest, I have stacks and stacks and stacks of Instagram recipes that I've saved. And I've made that feta 
cheese, tomato one I made during COVID. I love it. I love making recipes that make me feel inspired. And they have fantastic photography, which is very mouth-watering. My mouth's watering as I'm talking about this. Sorry about that. Excuse me. And it's like, I have all these recipes and I'm not, I don't love to cook. But if I'm inspired by something that looks really good and something easy and like, oh, maybe I could do that. I love to cook those things. So as we know, food is not just fuel. Food is so much more than that. It, 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 it kind of has got very intertwined in nurturing your soul. But the important thing is to activate all your senses when you eat it and when you cook it and all that stuff so that you're satiated a little bit better than you're eating it mindlessly and just shoving food in your mouth and you're not making that connection. At least at least activate your senses, What, which means like the look of it, the sight, the, the the taste of it, the texture, the feel of it, all of those things, the sound of it, the smell of it, all of those things are activating your senses and making a better connection rather than just shoving down a feeling. So when I was little, um, I've talked about this before, my mum, who always took three sugars in her tea, England is a massive on tea, right? We drink tea all the time. When you have someone come in who fix some, fixes something in your house, plumber, whatever, someone who's coming in your house to do some work, you offer them tea. In America, you offer them a drink, which is you give them a tip. I think it's my stomach rumbling because I'm talking about all this food, sorry. Um, but in America, we literally offer tea and they take time to drink the tea. People in England love tea. So my mum, I think a lot of people used to do this, used to put tea, milky tea in a bottle for kids because we have tea with milk. Well, my mum, because she took three sugars in her tea, puts sugars I think it was like three sugars in my bottle of tea when I was a little kid I didn't lose any teeth so it's all good but I developed like cravings for sweet tea and it probably wasn't till I was about 16 or 17 <laughs> it's quite embarrassing really that I decided I was going to wean myself off off of um sugar and I don't drink sugar in my tea anymore but as I've worked through all of my disordered eating and my, my, the way I, my emotional um, connection to food and like how I used to feed my feelings and all that stuff and how I was constantly on a diet and, and losing weight and hating my body and all of that stuff, I've since come to understand that my mum, who, who passed away like 28 years ago, and it always upsets me when I say that, but, you know, she'd been gone from my, my life a long time. She was giving me her love with the sweetness so look at that look at your family members that fed you sweet food sweet often means love and so that's just something to think about my nan who also has passed away used to make me cheese and onion sandwiches with butter and in white bread and oh my god I had a massive thing for like cheese and onion sandwiches and butter and bread white bread for a really long time and even when I came to America, I loved it so much. And, you know, that took a long time for me to make that connection. Doesn't mean to say I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it anymore because I really do. It's delicious. Sometimes pickled, oh my God, pickled onions in there are really good too. But I understand the connection now. I get it. I know where it's coming from. And, um, you know, maybe you could look back at your past and make some connections, join those dots. Like one of my clients, um, Sarah, she was a CEO of a, 
quite a big company, a tech company. And she found herself like turning to fast food every time work became like stressful. So what she would do is she would on her way home from work, sometimes that was late, sometimes that wasn't, and she would have to get home to, you know, to feed her family. But she would do the closest drive through on her way home and she would order some, a burger and fries because to her that was like a comfort meal. And she would eat it all before she got home because she didn't really want anyone to know that that's what she was doing. But she finally figured out, we figured out that there was these episodes and patterns that created this this drive-in to drive through food for her because it always left her sluggish and actually even more stressed at the end of the day and then she was beating herself up about how much she like what a loser she was and why was she doing this and here she was trying to lose weight and what the heck why couldn't she just like here she was this person in charge of a CE like in charge of this massive tech company but she couldn't get her life together and it stressed her out so much and so we did work on that and um what she decided to do was like make that connection of when she was stressed at the end of the day, make that connection that instead of going for that late night drive through, she was going to do something different, like take an evening walk with her dog or do some mindful exercises. She actually, I think she did some like 10 minute yoga and, and, or meditations when she got home. And that became a new pattern, which really helped. And in the long run, totally, she said, turned around her stress at work, which is crazy. It's like taking care of stress before it happens, like putting money in the bank so that when you're stressed out and you're taking money out of the bank or, or imagine that, right? When you, have to have, when you have a big bill and you're taking money out of the bank and you have to pay that bank, if you are doing the work to help with your overall stress, when you have those moments of inc- like immediate stress, you actually have less of a reaction because you've created this this kind of like de-stressing environment in your body a little bit. I know it sounds weird, but it's true. And if you can imagine like, you know, putting the money in the bank, and like which is the doing the de-stressing work, and then when you have that big bill or that big stress event, you already have money in the bank to cover it. So just a thought there. So this highlights that stress eating is a common response to emotional turmoil and it's absolutely not about like willpower or self-control even though we like to blame ourselves for that but it's really about having coping mechanisms in place right so I want you to remember that progress is a process and every small change is a step in the right direction so don't beat yourself up if it's like one step forward two steps back it will get better you will eventually be going in a straight line um, let's look at some doable things that you can do to help. Mindful eating is one. I mentioned that already. Getting, like, activating your senses, like, not sitting there on the phone or watching TV, literally giving the time to the food, which is giving time to your body to notice the colours, smells, textures and flavours of the food. And it helps you enjoy your meals more and it really does help you not overeat so much helps you also tune into your body's like hunger and fullness cues, which means you are starting to listen to your body, especially if we're programmed out of listening to our body, which I say a lot of us are. So when you start tuning back into your body and you eat when you're truly hungry or eat when you're not hungry because you're meeting another need, but at least you are aware of it and you are making that decision with no judgment. You are making that decision that you're just going to eat this bag of chips anyway because you want it. You fancy a bag of chips and you're going to have it. That's okay. You're making a decision rather than fighting an urge and losing the battle. 
So the next time you have a meal, turn off the TV, put away the phone, focus on the food and experience the eating. It's such a simple switch. It's not easy, but it's a simple switch that can make such a massive difference. And it also can change your relationship with food and the way you think, feel and behave around food. So stress management techniques. Ooh, I talked about that, like filling your bank, right? (laughs) Um, Yoga, deep breathing, going for walks, um, physical activity, putting on a song and dancing around for three minutes to that one song, maybe a couple of times a day. And I said, like, if you look at a dog, a dog shakes its entire body. Dogs shake all the time. And that is to let go of stress. Dogs are very good at letting go of stress, um, even though my dogs bark a lot. But they, they let go of that immediate stress. Like my, my little one gets very stressed out about putting on his, um, his uh, lead. And he, he, sometimes he used to hide under the table. So but if I put on his lead... And he lets me do it and then he shakes his body to let go of that stress because obviously he was very stressful when I was trying to put on his lead. So think of ways that you can de-stress. Maybe just some deep breathing. Um, Breathing in for four, holding for four, breathing out for four and holding that for four before you breathe in again. That's called box breathing. It's what Marines do. It's it's actually a very, very powerful way of breathing and bringing de-stressing into your body. Next time you're on the line... In a checkout, maybe like quietly deep breathe like that. Four, 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 four. Box breathing while you're online instead of picking out your phone. See what happens. So and if you know that you're going to have um, an issue, is another one you can do. Another, if you know that you're going to have an issue with like you're just going to want to eat that food late at night anyway. So have some planning involved. Get like Make sure that you have some maybe healthier alternatives. If you crave sweets, try a piece of fruit. Or a handful of berries. I know someone was just recently slicing up strawberries and dehydrating them and having those as snacks. And it was also a little bit like of a crunch there, I think. If it's salty snacks you're after, how about a handful of uh, nuts or popcorn, air pop popcorn. And if you're a fan of comfort moods like mac and cheese or lasagna, look for recipes. And there are tons on the internets like TikTok or Instagram. I have so many recipes saved. For healthier versions of what you like to eat. And there are so many out there now. They're free. So find a way to satisfy your cravings without overdoing it on the not so healthy stuff. Especially if you are trying to make a change in the way you're eating. And remember, changing eating habits takes time because patterns become habits. So be patient with yourself. Celebrate every single small victory because that way you're teaching your brain that that's what you're looking for and that's what's important to you and your brain will be like, oh, okay, so that's important to her. I'll bring her more of that. And I talked a little bit about that the other day in one of my videos about imagining your brain fetching you memories and and thoughts the same way that a dog brings back tennis balls. It's like if you reward it and think more of the same thing, it's just going to keep bringing you the same thing. So you have to change what you want to what you want to see in your life so that you then let your unconscious mind, your brain know that what's actually important to you. Um I'm you know what? I'll I'll try and find a link. I don't know if I've posted it yet, but I could put a link there, the bottom in the show notes. So celebrate the small victories. Don't beat yourself up. If you have a tough day, every step towards healthier eating is a win pat yourself on the back give yourself a high five do a little dance do a little dance up and down whatever it is until next time have a wonderful week
So, guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. Um, I would love any suggestions for anything that you would like to talk about. Give me your questions, give me your topics, give me your thoughts. And if you are struggling with food, weight or diets and you got value from today, I would love you to write a review. It helps me share my message and I read each and every one. So thank you. If you know anyone who could benefit from this content, please share and subscribe. I would love that too. And I just want to point out that in a world full of dieters and diets and so on and so forth, and if you're in that world, you know what I'm talking about. I always felt so alone with my guilt and my shame about my secret eating. And I just want you to know that you are not alone. I also have a great freebie, which I think I've already put the link there, which is um, figuring out what your weight loss blocker is. Uh, If you're getting stuck, then why don't you go and look and see what resonates with you? Because when you find out what is part of your issue, what's, what's keeping you stuck, your triggers and so on and so forth, that's when you can start making the change, okay? So download the weight loss blocker guide and um, the link is in the show notes. And if you're looking for help, as always, reach out to me. You can work with me one-to-one. You can check out my membership. In my membership, we have hypnosis audios. Um, Every month, we have a new topic, and I can guarantee you almost every layer of losing weight or struggling to lose weight is covered in one topic or another. So check that out. That's on my website, colettesheelkraut.com. And I will check in with you next time. 